Hi, Innocent. This is Julia, your colleague and friend. And I have a question for you. I would like to know what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? So this might be just proving my bias, but I experience uh, this teaching to be an individualistic journey that needs to be made. And I think that's what's grabbing me onto it because I, I see that as the solution uh, uh, in their journey. Yes, I think that the path forward, either you regarding your own life or society in general, is that we need to show the responsibility of our life. We need each and every one to grow up and to realize that we don't need to be kids playing in the with the small toys. We're here actually to, to become adults. And um, living in a society where that is not highly promoted, we it seems to be an individual journey. That said, I experienced the utter opposite. The more I learn, the more collective I experience it. The more I, I understand, the more I understand that I share this knowledge. The tradition is great. And what we do is opening more and more to a field of understanding that is the same to all of us. The more we experience it as uh, differentiated, as different, someone says meditate for 28 minutes, and someone else for 32, just means that we are at a level where we need to define things in such a strict way or low uh, frequency perspective that it seems that we disagree. Just like you and me, we may want to say the same sentence, but we use different words. Well, as long as we are connected, we understand that, yeah, I, I get your point, I agree. If not, I say, well, why did you use that word instead of that word? And, you know, we individualize. So I agree that the responsibility is solely on each and every one of us. But at the same time, the further we go on the journey, the more general human I experience it. And the more I know myself, I experience, the more I can identify and understand my brothers and sisters. The differences between us seem less and less essential and actually less and less a problem and more even conflict, what is seen as a conflict, many times such a resource mm -hmm. because it will trigger us to question things, hopefully, or at least it will bring us to, to sooner or later revalue if what we're standing for is not correct. And then if we're able to communicate while questioning each other, we yes. can find answers. And Precisely, yes. And if we dare to put the questions that are slightly more general than where the conflict is at, that's always the the solution. And then we see that the so-called conflict is actually a motor, something propelling us to reach a higher, higher level. Many of the terms that we may tend to use, like individual, like elitism, like outside, brings us into a position of eccentricism, where we are not in the center of our life anymore. And the more 
we are in the center of our life, the more we come to see the opposite, that positioning yourself as an elite is to position yourself outside of life, which is meaningless. Positioning yourself as an individual quest will actually alienate yourself from the surroundings that you love. And in that way, it's um, the search for the centrism instead of the eccentrism, I think is something that goes hand in hand with uh, any growth. Just like a great teacher, a great teacher that I have, I had privileged to have such good teachers and I'm so happy for that. And what they have shown me is always that they're just my older brothers who know a little more and to love to have me in their company on the path. It's not like, yeah, show me you how much I know and you don't know anything and one day maybe you will understand half my book. Those were never good teachers. No. And when you really have the knowledge, I remember, you know, also the first, my first years as wanting to be artist. Me and my friends, artists, wannabes, we spent a lot of time discussing art and who was a good artist, who was a good poet, who was not, and so on. Instead of writing, you know? <laughs> and uh, judging, having opinions about things. <laughs> and, and the more you get to know something, Love the attempt, and then you, if, you, if it doesn't resonate with you, just let it be. It's not important. Mm. You can appreciate. You can appreciate the, the what is behind it, even if it was not expressed very well, and all this feeling that we're actually we're in it together. Mm. So, um, so I wouldn't myself use the term individual, other than in question of responsibility. Great, I'll take that with me. Hey, this is Innocent Maginga, and you're listening to the Learnability Podcast, an exploration of how society interacts with technology and you. So I thought I'd start off this episode with answering one of the questions that have come in. And this is a question from my dear friend and colleague, Julia Lochtotter who's wondering about the best advice I've ever received. Which is a really good question. And I didn't really answer her question with this. This is maybe the best answer that I found on this podcast so far. And it's Konrad Svenninger, Tantric Monk, who I recorded a podcast with after having spent a full week at his yoga retreat and directly after 48 hours of a silent retreat. We decided to sit down and we had a great conversation for about an hour and a half or two. And this is six really sharp minutes that I've carried with me since we recorded this about two years ago. I found it to be very relevant then. And I've since built upon my question that I posed to him then and used a lot of what he'd said in formulating the mission and vision of learnability. And I recently held a webinar about just this, how we can connect our individual pursuit of fulfillment and our own learnability to contribute to society in large. In today's episode, we're talking to another dear friend of mine, Katrina Bimel, and she's our second returning guest on this podcast. I hope you enjoy this remote conversation. Stay safe.
welcome Katrina. Thank you. Well, <laughs> welcome back to the Learnability Podcast about a year later, more than a year later. <laughs> yes, it's been a wild year. <laughs> yeah, definitely. How have you had it and how are you doing right now? Um, right now I'm doing really well. I think these uh, times spent in quarantine has have uh, brought me a lot of creative energy and a lot of productivity, which feels pretty um, counterintuitive, but that's basically where my head and heart is at right now. Oh yeah. So you're, <laughs> you're, you're like me. Like I feel more productive now that I get more time at home actually. Right. Yeah. It's something about sort of being able to, I guess, do several things focused at a time. Yes. And uh, yeah, it's, it's great. And also being able to freely adapt to, we've spoken a little bit about things like biological prime time, but without going too nerdy into that, mm -hmm. like you're being able to adapt to your different peaks and valleys yeah. during a day. For sure. Not dependent of like work hours. Yeah, definitely. And uh, what have you been up to <laughs> this year <laughs> since we, I, we've of, of course been speaking, but uh, not in this format. So please give us a recap. <laughs> right. So my mind goes straight into um, what happened this summer. I took a long journey in South America where yes. I had a pretty, yeah, pretty deep experience with uh, with plants and plant medicine. And I sat in uh, different rituals that really took me deeper on my on my personal journey, but also um, uh, brought me closer to what potentially I'm meant to be doing on this planet during this time. So it was a very profound summer, to say the least. And then, and then the fall was full of um, sort of new, exciting projects and uh, clients coming through. So it's been a busy fall and and winter. And as you catch me right now in this phase, I'm actually moving through a transition into canceling a lot of my contracts and once again diving deeper into the mystical arts and uh, and sort of my own little endeavors. <laughs> okay there's a lot I want to catch up here so <laughs> let's start with going back to the summer. Mm. Where exactly were you and was the intention to do the type of trip where you would be able to explore more of uh, the psyche or different parts of yourself? Oh yes it was um It was a, a journey together with my teachers who I got to know during my time in Bali. And so in many ways it was, uh, yeah, it was a deepening and, an, and a continuation of the education I already started in, uh, in Indonesia. And, and so I, I felt very safe. I felt like, um, I, I deeply trust the processes that my teachers provide and, and boy, they didn't disappoint. It was, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, yeah. For big profound uh, journey this summer. How long were you away? And uh, without giving everything away, of course, I'm not uh, asking about the details, but just to give a feeling or a view of your inner journey. Yeah. So the in terms of chronological time, I spent about a month in Peru and the uh, yeah. and the surroundings around Peru. Uh, and but then again, you know what one realizes when when. Um, when one enters these journeys is that time becomes very fluid and uh, it, it could just as well have been several lifetimes in there. 
It's an interesting concept because, you know, even, even in other contexts, when people talk about flow and things that make them sort of expand and they, they know that they're on the right path in their life, they tend to say that, uh, yeah, time just disappears because time yes. is well relative. So it's, it's an interesting concept for sure. Uh, yeah. And, and the, um, the rituals were performed with elders, with the medicine men and women who have been doing this work and supported people's healing, um, many, many times over. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So was it several rituals you went through? Um, it was, uh, about every second day and okay. we had, uh, we had a pro- process of different intensity and sort of with different intentions. But then again, you know, it, it, it can f- sound very, <laughs> very profound and in, in many ways it was, but then again, our entire lives are full of rituals and, and oh, yeah. happenings. So these ones were just a little bit different, but in the grand scheme of things, I think we're all uh, indulging in our own little rituals uh, on a daily basis. <laughs> Definitely. But what, I, what I'm guessing you do when you go on a trip like that is you really dedicate your time in a way that you can't just do at home. Right. And speaking about that, how was like the transition coming back home from that? Was it a hard transition or were you prepared for it? Well, my intention was when I got back was to go to Borderland, the, <laughs> the fun festival um, yeah, that me and my friends often gather at. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah. So, but that was, uh, that was very optimistic to think that I would uh, be able to handle big amounts of people <laughs> and excitement. So, so definitely oh, yeah. the integration part and the um, everything that, you know, I, I think of it as a... Uh, as some sort of, um, have you had C vitamin uh, sometime in a glass and you see the, uh, what are they called? The things you put in water and they evaporate. In- oh yeah. Um, how do you say it in English? Yeah. <laughs> so we both agree that we know what it is. So it yes. feels like a lot of, like that, that was the sensation of a lot of knots and limiting beliefs, right? So going through these rituals, like that was the sensations that happen both on a mental, energetic and spiritual level, and also very much on a physical level. And so the integration and the healing part afterwards was even bigger of a process than the actual ritual, I would say, because that's sort of when everything just settles, you know, the new, the new DNA is formed and now is the time to sort of step into that frequency. I find it really exciting. I haven't experienced anything uh, similar myself, but I've been hearing a lot about different rituals and piecing together all the different sources. The way I imagine it in my head is like that major paradigm shift. And you're actually accelerating that during a focused session or a focused journey, a focused trip. Oh, yes. And then after a paradigm shift, of course, there's a process to, like you're saying, put the pieces back together in a new form and uh, try to apply whatever insights you found yeah. daily. Yeah, yeah. And I like to think of it as, you know, this is somewhat of a revolution going like as a on an individual level. It feels like very much like a revolution, while a lot of the other healing, you know, going to weekly yoga classes or going to... Uh, see a shrink for, you know, several, several times a month. Like that's a whole evolutionary process as, as far as my relationship to it is, mm. uh, an experience like this is a revolution. So it really redefines a lot of, 
uh, old uh, unhelpful beliefs and and um, yeah it's not for the faint of heart but no. uh, very much necessary <laughs> for this world so we're speaking about so you came back that fall you had a lot of work and assignments going on yeah what are how are you balancing um would you see it as two worlds right now well i see it as uh, as several worlds the way i the way that has been helpful for me to think of it as a mental model is that there are all of these abundant amount of characters, right? Living in each and every person. So for example, if I stand before my parents, I transform into this one character. And then when I step into the yoga mat, either if I'm on my own or if I'm facilitating a class, then those are new identities or new personas that are coming through. And so, and so I like to think of it as there is not just one uh, Katrina, right? There is, mm. there are several, uh, some of them I know, right? And some of them are no longer that present. And then there are yeah. some that I haven't met yet. And so I think it's fun. I, I don't think it's either or, it's rather um, this and something else. There is always something more. Uh, yeah, so that's how I navigate the different characters and the different lifestyles, so to speak. Hearing you talk about this, we've spoken about like different hats we wear throughout the day or throughout a week before. Mm -hmm. And it feels like what you're doing is really staying on top of the transitions. Yes, I do. And I wonder, uh, I'm curious, I'm curious whether it has to be uh, smooth every time. I Lately, I've been thinking of when I meet an edge Let's say uh, if I find a, a transition between one character or another, or let's say I meet another human who is playing out this whole separate character in front of me, oh, yeah. and I catch myself and I think, you know, why is this triggering me? Why is this not something smooth to me right mm. now? And so instead of stepping into reaction, which would perhaps be my previous more <laughs> default um, state of being, I ask myself, um, what is this mirroring to me? So even, even if the transitions between my inner characters don't happen as smooth, I mean, I really wish they do. Um, but the times when they don't, I think it's a great opportunity to learn something new and exciting that perhaps I have been overlooking before. And you were speaking, you mentioned uh, teaching different classes. I know you recently had a class with uh, the Norlight Initiative. Right, yeah. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? It's, it's something you launched during these COVID-19 times. <laughs> it seems to be a really good initiative. So please tell us more about that. And then we can dive deeper into your class and what you actually taught. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's... Wow, it's been a wild ride launching Norlight together with my friends. Uh, it all happened very fast. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think within three three calls, the, the the five of us decided to do this, and we brought our friends with us, and we set up the structure, and now we're hosting online classes. Wow. Although that is that is uh, the very simplest form of what it is. We like to view it as a as a digital campfire. I saw that and I really like that. Yeah, we try to communicate that through our animations yeah. as well because we we truly believe that there is a there is a longing in the human in the human race right now to get back to the roots and get back to community and gather around 
a fire. And fire as a symbol is a very interesting one because fire speaks of transformation. Uh, fire speaks of the mystical and, and uh, why we often, in the old times especially, lit the fire at night before, before sleep and so on. Yeah. And so there is a lot of transformation happening in the society right now and also on an individual level. So gathering around a fire seems like the, or a, even if it's a digital uh, campfire, uh, feels like the right thing to do. And uh, that's getting back to something familiar. Right. But we're trying to do it digitally and find new ways. Right. And I, I sometimes think about this function that I think Kindle once upon a time implemented. When Kindle came to iPad, they made this revolutionary function where when the person was swiping pages, they actually saw the little animation of as if it was a book that was flipping the page. Oh, yeah. And that totally transformed how the users related. They actually felt like even though this is a digital medium, I still have a sense that this is behaving like a book would. And so mm. it, to, to draw a parallel to what we're doing at Norlight, we're we're sort of going for the what, what are the key functions and topics that we can bring into this space that will have a similar effect. Like it, it, it's not like there are so many people doing online classes today, but we are more focused on the experience and truly, truly, it's, it's not just PR <laughs> uh, sayings. It's, it's truly in our hearts to solve the creative challenge of how can we bring back the campfire into the digital space. Could you maybe tell us a little bit more about this group? So I think people get a view of your mindset going into this as a group. Oh, yes. So, so um, uh, the, the founding members of Norlight is myself and uh, Naveed Mudiri, who is a conversation activist. Uh, he has a lot of, he's been doing this work for many years. And so his perspectives have been extremely fundamental in, in this work. Yeah. Then we have uh, Ashkan Fardost, who is a, a future futurologist, I think yeah. is the English term, and he he has a scientific lens on everything that we're doing, uh, starting from uh, how we structure the classes to sort of how we should position our vision to meet the technological uh, development that is about to happen in the coming ten years. And then we have Yuan Raunanan, who is a brilliant uh, leadership coach and consultant. And he, uh, um, he really weaves the group together and ha brings a lot of heart into the um, team space, but also to our participants. Oh, yeah. And then finally, uh, Alexander Holmberg, who is, I think, Navid, when, he, uh, when Navid introduced me to Alexander, he told me that he is the Swedish Tony Robbins. Okay. And, and, wow. <laughs> and, he had, and, he, and I think that's a great description because uh, he, he's a brilliant NLP coach and NLP trainer and, and uh, just a brilliant uh, team member uh, to create Norlight. And how many classes have you had so far? Oh, I've only had one. I've been so busy with the website and all the branding and the marketing oh, yeah. material. So I've, oh, yeah. I've, I've only had one, uh, one class so far. And could you tell us uh, about that class? Yes. Oh, it's, uh, I, I just lit up now that you ask me yeah. because it's, it's such a passionate topic of mine. Um, so the name of the class was Healing the Planet, Healing the Female Body. 
And later we actually changed the title to Healing the Human Body because uh, even though there was a very distinct sort of angle on the fem female anatomy, it yeah. wasn't exclusive to it. And the, the, the core message of my, of my class, which was a, an interactive class where the participants got to share and journal and uh, really participate, um, was about exp exploring the, what I, what I like to call the evolutionary pulls that we're going through right now. Uh, the evolutionary pulls that is a part of, um, a wave-like notion. And so we spoke earlier about fire and how fire has the transformative quality to it. Uh, my belief is that after fire comes air and after air comes space, then we go down the curve. And so space turns back to air, air turns back to fire, water, earth. And by the time we're at earth, we're sort of in the deep, uh, in the deep, dense state of being. And then it goes up again. So we go up into water, fire, air, and up we go. And so it's a, it's a cycle. It's yes. a, it's an evolutionary pulse that keeps pulsing. And how would you explain the differences between the more set firm uh, parts of this cycle, like earth hmm. versus the more fluid, maybe hmm. parts like air? Yes. So um, to begin with the earth quality, um, there are d d different angles, right? So in a dualistic term, we could, we could call someone, oh, you're my mountain, you know, you're my rock. Mm. You're, you're a solid force in my life and I can all, always uh, sort of rely on you. Oh, yeah. And it's easy to use that example because we're used to projecting that on other people, but actually we have that quality within us as well. And so if I check in with myself and I ask myself, do I feel steady? Do I feel... Do I, am I the rock right now? Um, and then I can sort of get a pretty quick sense if that's true or not for me in this moment. Um, it can also mean on the other side of the spectrum that I'm stuck, right? I'm a rock and I'm, I, I feel stuck to this place in this relationship and I mm. can't seem to get the energy moving. So there is no judgment in saying whether an element is good or bad. It really just depends on our own, um, yeah, how interpretation. We it? yeah, how we use it and how we yeah. choose to use it as a tool. Like for yeah. me personally, I like to think of it as informative. Like it's just information. Oh, it's yeah. like, huh, all right, buddy, you feel like a rock right now. We sh should probably get onto the yoga mat and we should do some cat cows and mm. warm up and get some water going, you know, in our system. And so that's, that takes me into the water element, uh, saying that water can cleanse, um, uh, crying is, for instance, connected to the um, to the water element because it, it it's it's a sort of purge that our system does because it cleanses that which is no longer useful so that other aspects that are useful can take place. Mm. Yeah, and I can see on the on the downside of that, like uh, like you were saying, nothing is positive or negative in itself, but there's positive and negative aspects maybe or how you use it or don't use it. So on the downsides, the fluidity might be not having solid ground or being too fluid or um, uh, not standing on solid ground, basically. Exactly, exactly. So the big 
thing, maybe. I'm just trying to wrap my head around this and try mm-hmm. to uh, summarize. I guess that's what I do. Mm-hmm. It's getting this information mm-hmm. and then acting upon it. Um, not acting actively always, but having the tools and the information needed to sort mm-hmm. of make informed decisions. Yeah, definitely. What, what makes me think, what, what, I, what I'm thinking when I hear you say that is that it can definitely be used um, as a, um, as a compass, right? Okay. So yes, now that I'm in the state, I, analogy. Like, I could decide to act like this, or I could also just stay with the information and be like, huh, maybe this is not the time to act on something. Maybe this is the time to just sit and be, you know, oh, yes. not do, not being a human doing, being a human being like the great Ram Dass taught us. Mm. Um, and, and so it's, it's just a, it's like anything else in this world, it's just a, an opportunity to gather information about our own experience. And hopefully, as we gather the information, um, be more kind to ourselves. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, yeah, the earth and the water, they are pretty steady elements. But imagine when we enter fire or air even more so. Like fire, why am I feeling all these intense emotions? Uh, I, I, I'm not okay with this. Someone has crossed my boundary or it's time for me to redefine myself. Like all of these emotions can be really, really intense. And so instead of being scared of them or, or trying to hide, I mean, sometimes hiding can be healing as well, but, but not if it's a reaction. I mean, it's, there is something very beautiful in catching ourselves in these fire elements, right. And being okay with like, this is, this too is allowed because Mm. my, my, um, presence in this world is not limited to, let's say earth and water. I can be fire too. And that's all right. I can even be air (laughs) and, and space. (laughs) <laughs> but it's a big thing being aware, maybe, because that's taking it from being just a reactive state to actually observing it. And then if you still choose to uh, be in that state, it's an active choice mm. in that case. Yeah, it's definitely an informed choice. Yeah. yeah. And you, you, I'm guessing you left this on a white perspective to be applicable for me as well. And then if you go deeper into like the female, uh, body. Yes. <laughs> so, so, um, the cyclic nature of women who are menstruating, right. Is that their body on a monthly basis goes through the cycle of elements, Right. And I think it's very, it's really beautiful to use this as a mental model, but also to use it as a model to communicate with your partner, right? To, to make them better understand which season you're at or which element you're in right now so that they can relate to you accordingly. So for instance, um, during the, the bleeding phase, there is, uh, the, uh, earth element is very much near, uh, because the energy is going downwards, down into the earth. And you know how they say that the, the, the veils are very thin when a woman is menstruating between the underworld, the, the sort of more subtle, subtle arts in our world. And as that phase moves on, we step into water and air. Um, 
that is more of a spring and summer qualities. And so that's the mm. menstruation is over and we're starting to regain our our physique and we want to go out and commun- like socialize with people. And yeah. at the time of um, uh, ovulation, which is the, the, the peak of the summer phase, the peak of the um, air and space phase, um, is when um, the face is most symmetrical and we, yeah, we're most outgoing. And then it starts to go down again because then the egg wasn't fertilized. And so we start go down into the um, fire elements and the water elements and eventually back down into earth. This is great. I, I, I see this as really great mental frameworks of visualizing and, and understanding oneself. Right. Yeah. And the sooner we start to embrace the fact, no matter if we're men or women, that we are cyclic humans it's just that it becomes so evident because the woman has uh, most often uh, the menstrual cycle and so it, it really manifests oh, yeah. in our bodies but men definitely go through this too i don't know if you can if you can agree on this like the, the changes in your own life as a man i'm sure it's cyclic cyclic too definitely i don't know if i've uh, seen it as cyclic but so I've mostly seen it, yeah, like up and down, but it's probably cyclic, like you said. What, I've, what I have seen is how cyclic we as a society are. Mm. That I think is super uh, clear for me. Like we, and I, that might be coming from fashion and following the fashion cycles and then expanding that out into macroeconomics and then expanding that further. Mm. I think it would help us a lot as a society if we could realize also how uh, cyclic we are on that level yeah yeah and that history repeats itself yes exactly so there's something for example called the fourth turnings Uh, and i'm not too versed with it uh, to go deeper into it now but i would recommend people listening to look that up the fourth turnings and that's really an illustration throughout history how cyclic we have been very interesting. And Ashkan also talks about it in his uh, futurology class oh, at yeah. Norlight. Yeah. For people listening to this, I know from our last conversation, people were inspired from your way of talking, your way of viewing life. <laughs> I, I would like to, I don't know if I asked it in that conversation, but the question is, how did you get into this? And for someone looking to get more into what you're speaking about, could you like illustrate a path or how did it go for you and what were certain steps you took? And I know it's totally individual uh, mm. person to person, but as inspiration. Mm. Oh, wow. I mean, in the very beginning, it started for me with role models. It was about being very, very attentive to the little pings and the little signs of people who who sort of offered me a mirror that Uh there is something to discover here. There is something to be learned from this person. And then being, being brave and saying yes to the opportunity of going and let's say learning from this person or going to the retreat. I think it's very like, if you feel the pings coming your way, then follow them, follow them like breadcrumbs uh, until, until one day, at least the way it happened for me, I decided that enough with the, <laughs> enough with the uh, retreats, um, enough with the 
other people's sort of worldview, even though it's super inspiring at times, but I no longer feel uh, like I need to gather worldviews from others. And I decided that day that it was time to draft my own religion. And uh, and in a very metaphorical sense, like drafting a religion that makes sense to me, that I I don't feel a need to sort of go out onto the streets and, and be a missionary for this religion. Absolutely not. I, I really hope that each and every person will find it in themselves to come to a tipping point where he or she decides that this is the time where I begin to draft my own religion and then surrendering to, to that. And is that because we have um, many of the answers within ourselves and given the right tools we can look within. Yeah, the tools and the mental models are helpful. Like outer tools are helpful to a certain degree, definitely. And and uh, I look forward learning many more of those, but I will not let them identify my, I will not identify with them as much as I used to. That's, that's sort of the distinction that I'm making right now. Yeah. Um, because I truly, like you say, I really believe that all of the tools and much more so live within. It's such a cliche, but God, is it true? Um, I have a, I have a painting that I made, uh, of how we as humans navigate between all of our inner characters, right? So it's like going through a forest and all of these spooky characters jump from, <laughs> from, a, from a tree or they hide, hide behind a rock. And we sort of need to pass all of those characters until we reach these magnificent portals. That is the portal to what I call the 5D or the matrix or the source. And as we, as we gather strength and peek through the keyhole, and maybe even opening these portals and step into it, we step into the world of, of immense wisdom and immense knowledge. Mm. Um, and we have, we have all different paths to go there, but eventually some of us reach it. And that's just magnificent. I love that. Have you listened to The Portal, a podcast called The Portal? The Portal? No. With Eric Weinstein. It's... it's um... It's a really interesting podcast. It, he's um, trying to explore the same thing, uh, mm. coming at it from, um, I think he's a mathematician from the start. So he's coming at it from a, a science point of view, a cultural point of view, a spiritual point of view. And I, I think you would enjoy it. So I just throw in that recommendation. Thank you. <laughs> you mentioned the painting and you your painting and mm. you've shared some of that. And I know you also do a lot of writing. <laughs> so I thought I would put you on the spot here at the end of this uh, podcast <laughs> and see if you have something you would like to read maybe for us, like oh. your favorite writing or something you'd like to uh, read wow. to us. Yes. What a great challenge. Let me bring up my phone and see what I've written lately. Yeah. Take your time. All right, Innocent, I think I got one. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you for sharing. <laughs> so here goes. It's called Breathing in the Scent of Spirit. Breathing in the scent of spirit, turning it to liquid luck, letting soak through all my organs, 
dripping through my grid of bones. Beautiful. <laughs> and last time we spoke, I know um, at the end of our conversation was a lot about you going out and teaching and you're doing more of that now. <laughs> well, at least online for now, now that we're uh, all yes. in quarantine. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's good because I wanted to ask, like, uh, do you have any class coming up? Should people just follow you on Instagram to keep up? Um, oh, yeah. So I'll, I'll be doing my classes through Norlight the uh, coming weeks. I mean, all the way into the summer, at least. And yeah. And so if they just follow me or any of my uh, teammates, they will see the weekly schedules that we post. Uh, actually, we're posting one this Sunday. So every Sunday we post uh, the weekly classes that are about to come. So I hope to see people there and so that we get to chat more about these sort of things. Oh, yeah. And Norlight, that's N-O-O-R, right? Yes, Noor, like N-O-O-R and then Light. All right. And your cat, Bimel. Yes. On channels. Yes. Come say hi. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think people should do. And Katrina, thank you very much for taking your time. Thank you so much. And it's been great, like always. And uh, I look forward uh, the next time. Yes. <laughs> You've been listening to the Learnability Podcast and probably the last episode of A Pod A Day. It's been a great month running a pod a day. We have produced 11 podcasts, which is not a pod a day. It's a pod each 2.8 days, but a definite increase from the maybe four podcasts we would have produced otherwise. So we're really happy to have had you with us on this. We've seen a 100% increase in listenership and we've really enjoyed all the interactions. We will be going back to our regular programming and we're finding new ways of creating new concepts in these remote days that we find ourselves in. But our goal is to give you, to continue giving you learnability in a bi-weekly format. Until next time, stay safe and stay curious. <laughs>